This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes. The liberation starts now. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And what a great time for you to join us because this is the 150th podcast under the banner that is Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Of course, I am Sonny Sean and I am joined by Sir David the Smart Mark. And unfortunately, Jake is under the weather. We wish Jake a speedy recovery. He'll be with us next week. David, are you doing great on our 150th podcast together? Yeah, mate. Where does time go from that fixed SNME competition when we should have won we were ripped off we all know it but yeah we've gone on in leaps and bounds or at least i think leaps and bounds we added a jake although he's poorly today get well soon mr mr jake but yeah 150 pods it's amazing you know we went from being an ally to being a retrospective to being radio free professional wrestling it's been one hell of a journey yeah so far and long may it continue we've had guests we've got guests and we've got guests coming up um, I don't know why I don't know why we do it, Sean. It's just because we're both lovely people. David, let me tell you about this. Mark your calendar, March first, as I have secured an interview with Andy Shepherd, the lead voice formerly of NST UK. He will be joining us March first for a very interesting interview. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, besides which, he's done one of my lifetime ambitions, which is sit next to Nigel McGuinness. Anyone who can sit next to Nigel McGuinness, I'm just in awe of. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Well, David, let's slide over to the Control Center and catch everybody up on the week that was professional wrestling. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, David, we got to start off with a bit of sad news here. As this past Friday, Leaping Lenny Poffo, better known to me as the genius from the WWF days he had with that character, he passed away at age 68. Yeah, sad news. It's um, it's we're going through a bout of them again. We're going, you know, I know you're going to mention it shortly, but um, we're going through a bout of losing losing favourites now. Lanny, for me, um, I wasn't over familiar with, principally with the genius more than anything. But I had to look back in the archives for his work as Leaping Lanny Poffo. But he obviously was a big, big part of a certain era of professional wrestling. David, I really feel like Leaping Lanny Poffo kind of suffered from being under the shadow of his brother, the Monster Man, Randy, Randy Savage. And during that era WWF, Savage was on top as the world champion. And I got looking through the record books. The genius never held a title in the WWF. Now, granted, he did score a count-out victory against Hulk Hogan during the prime years of Hulk Hogan. Um, did Hulk Hogan have prime years, did he? Yeah, no, um, I'm joking. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you think that... Uh, what are we looking at? We're looking at the um, the mid-'80s, early mid-'80s. He was huge. I mean, the genius was one of the, the bigger the bigger characters um, within the, the WWF, as it was then. Exactly, David. I felt like part of my childhood passed away. Yeah, he's up there with his brother, isn't he? Um, he, yeah, no, you, you, you were right. He did suffer a little bit from being in the shadow, from those that knew, um, being the brother of the, the, the macho man. Um, but, yeah, he'll be missed, um, and he, he obviously does leave a certain legacy. Exactly, David. And you know 
One thing I found out while I was doing the research here, Angelo Poffo had a promotion that was based in Knoxville for a while, IWC, the International Wrestling Council, if I remember right. It was an outlaw promotion that his father was running, Valen the Jarrett's. And they were here in Knoxville for like 78, 79, and 80 before they moved it to Leskin, Kentucky. But he was one half of the main event picture. He was the baby face to his hill brother, the Marshall Man, as they were battling over the IWC title. Good point, because everyone forgets that the Macho Man, and even when he came in to as, as, as opposition for Hogan, was, was a big, big heel. Um, everyone just remembers him fondly for recent years when he was always a babyface. But yeah, people forget that he was a big, big heel. Oh, hey, I'm going to link in the show notes a link to Marshall Man Randy Savage and Leafy Lenny Poffo versus the Rock and Roll Express from Memphis Wrestling. It's one of the earliest wrestling matches that had a spot where they used a table. And you get to see Marshall Man Paul drive Ricky Martin for a table. And I just thought, oh my freaking word. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that, actually. Okay, David. We're going over to our second news story of the week. And this happened yesterday. Yesterday, social media was showing a lot of support for Jerry the King Lawler, as it has turned out that he has suffered from a stroke. He is still in a hospital recovering. And it was touch and go last night, but I've seen reports from JR and Dutch Mattel saying that he's responsive and they're feeling that he's going to make a recovery, but he has... His speech has been affected, and he had a little bit of paralyzation on his right and left side from the stroke. Yeah, tragic news. He was found outside his house. It just shows when it hits you. I mean, hopefully he's still got a few of his nine lives left, because no one wants to see this. Obviously, Lord's a legend, um, and this is, you know, not, not pleasant news. But, as you said, on good things, he's been reported to be awake and responsive. Let's hope that, you know, it hasn't taken too much off of him and we can still see him again soon and he can get up and about. But I think this could be the final message for him. He has got to start taking things easy from now on. Exactly, David. We want to send our best wishes to Jerry the King Lawyer for a speedy recovery. Okay, David, I'm moving on to our third news story of the week. As we were watching the Royal Rumble two weeks ago, we saw Bianca Belair basically beat Alexa Bliss cleanly. Apparently, that was to send Alexa off of WWE TV for a while as Wrestling News Inc. is reporting that she's away and they're theorizing that it may be for repackaging and having her come back with freaking Bray Wyatt. Well, yeah, there's been one or two stories about this flying around. I've read to, literally today, as we record, I've been up longer than you, bless you, um, because of our time difference, that it's also due um, to, she needs some time off um, due to uh, mental health issues as well. Now, obviously, I'm not going to say what I think it is, but I think what you just said makes sense when she comes back. Whether whether she does need to be with Bray at the moment after his match in the Royal Rumble, I really don't know. But if what I've read is true, and I take that with a pinch of salt, she has got mental health issues, obviously, like everything else. In this day and age, I hope she recovers, and I hope she gets the help she needs. Exactly. We want to send out our positive vibes to Alessa Bliss, and I can't wait to see her back in the ring, because she's one of the best, like, really, hills they have in the WWE on the female side. Yeah, I enjoy her character. I really do. Okay, David. Our final news story of the week, it talks about a certain character that used to be in the WWE, one formerly known as Alex Riley, the psychic of the Miz at one point. He was a pretty good talent, and he disappeared into the vapor of existence for a while, and he was away from wrestling for a good while doing stuff in Hollywood as an actor. He's coming back to the NWA. He's going to be on this weekend's um, Enough Said pay-per-view for the NWA, and he's facing off against EC3. So they might be tipping me to buy this pay-per-view. 
Yeah, an interesting choice all round, really. Um, he's making his big debut and he's going up against DC3. Who's going to go over there? It does beg the question. Is it a good choice for Riley? The current NWA product, as we've discussed on this podcast lately, and we've all fallen out about it because you've always been very pro NWA. NWA. I've been re- I've been pro NWA. Jake hates it. Um, and we've all had to admit that recently, God knows, that was particularly since the, um, the, the loss of Nick Aldis, it's gone down the dumper. So it, the, it begs the question this weekend, do we give this enough said show a chance? I'm not so sure. I will make a last-minute decision as to whether I watch it or not. Well, I'm just looking forward to this match between the former Alex Riley, who's going by his real name, Kevin Kyle. I just want to see how he is and how he's evolved since we last saw him being alongside The Miz. Because I really felt that WWE missed a chance there with him going over The Miz and having a kind of good-looking young babyface they could work with. Well, I always thought he was a better wrestler than The Miz irrelevant of character and heel face dynamic or um, tag team dynamic. I always thought he was a better in-ring talent than The Miz. So the NWA, as long as they don't blow it, but this is the current NWA, whereas Billy seems on a path of self-destruction. But we shall see. Um, Again, jury's out. I'll wait till the weekend. It depends on how hectic my weekend is, um, whether I purchase this or not, and get, get early morning UK wrestling regret again. Well, David, that is our control center for this week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Let's go ahead and look back on the week that was Professional Wrestling with our Stunning Six questions. It's time for the Stunning Six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. Okay, David. First studying question of the week. I'm going to a question that was on the internet this past week as it was reported rumorly that people inside of the WWE do not see Zami Zayn as quote unquote a main eventer that could main event a WrestleMania night. David, could Zami Zayn main event a WrestleMania night? I want to say yes. Not often this happens on this show, but I disagree with you. You look back on WrestleMania main events. The only small guys they've ever had, and even then, these small guys have been muscly guys. Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. Sammy, to me, you look back on WrestleMania main events. I can't, know. I can't see it. I just can't see it. It doesn't ring true. I know you've got the David and Goliath story in there, but no, not for me. See, last week on the show, I was doing my predictions for my WrestleMania card would be, and I had it where Cody would lose on night one of WrestleMania, and a weekend Roman Reigns goes to night two, and he sent all the fans home happy as Zami Zayn becomes undisputed Universal Champion on night two, and you can have him have the title for a month or something and then drop it. Yeah, but normally WrestleMania, when they change, when the title change hands, it's the start of a new era. And you can't see Sammy holding it for long. You're right. I, I agree with that. So, therefore, I don't see him holding it at all. Okay, David, I'll go to our second standing question of the week. How amazing was the promo battle between, one, Cody Rhodes and the counsel to the tribal chief himself, one Paul Heyman? from this Monday Night Raw. You're a wrestling fan and you want to know how to do promo. I'm no, I've made it perfectly, perfectly clear time and time again since we've been doing this. It's 150th episode. I'm not a huge Cody fan. Not because of his lack of in-ring ability, not because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just not someone that's ever, ever appealed to me. But this 14, 15-minute segment on Monday night was perfection. 
It was utter perfection in the build to this map. Roman didn't need to come out. Heyman is a genius. This is Heyman was in his element. The way he built, made the way he made you think. Which way is he going? And it started off. And the thing is, it wasn't nasty until the very, very end. And it was just one comment. Heyman was just genius in it. Cody did what he had to do. He reacted well. He reacted accordingly. And he didn't come off. No one came off. No one, the beauty of it, while it was so good, no one came off on the back foot. Even though Cody had the last word before he left the ring, no one was on the back foot because you could tell he was stung by Heyman's comment. And it was only the one. They were nice to each other. He thanked Heyman for the, you know, giving him a, a, a go, a, a quick one nighter in ECW when they needed the money. And you get the impression that they were shooting, but obviously a work shoot. But the facials, it was just genius. If you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, go back and watch it because it is perfect. David, I'm going to get a link from YouTube and put it into the show notes so you guys can have easy access to this um, promo video from the WWE. It's a masterclass and two guys just cutting a promo in the ring and it just draws you in and makes you feel. And like I said from the last question, a lot of people were going like, is there going to be some Cody resentment if he's the one to beat Roman instead of Zayby? By the end of this promo battle, you just felt like they made this uh, match more important now because now it's personal to Cody and he told um, Paul Heyman that your boy Roman is going to pay for your comment personally it was just um, yeah it was just so so perfect so clever and and to be fair for a wrestler that I'm not engaged with in Cody Rhodes I now want to see this and I do now want to see this because of stuff like that. You knew that Cody wouldn't lay his hands on Heyman, even though he semi, he got in his face and he got in his ear and Heyman, Heyman being Heyman just was, was crapping himself, but doing it brilliantly. You know, looking like he was going to get, you know, get, you know, be physically assaulted. But Cody's too much of a gentleman. But it made you question things. It was just, it was just how pro wrestling promos should be. Exactly, David. We're moving over to our third stunning question. Now, I want to propose this question to you. As AEW has kind of fallen in love with this idea that we'll have this baby face go against our main heel. But in order to afford them to get to the main heel match, they literally have to go through everybody in who's a friend to the main heel. And they've been doing this over and over for the last two years. Case in point, David, last week on Dynamite, we saw Daniel Bryan versus Timothy Thatcher. And Bryan had to win to advance for another opportunity to have a match as he makes his way to MGF on March 5th and Revolution. Yeah, ironically, and MGF's normally involved in these sort of things because he was giving out tasks to Jericho um, about 12, 15 months ago, because that's obviously, it was in those those series of matches that we got the return of the, the bank-addled drug grubber um, of Nick Gage. The only good thing is, this time, the matches involved Brian Danielson, and they actually have been thought through with the opponent. This match with Timothy Thatcher, for me being a world of sport aficionado, uh, it, was, it was an absolute dream match. And it was how professional wrestling should be. It's a professional wrestling that I was brought up on. It was hard hitting. It was convincing with two submission specialists who were looking for submissions. When they went and did this silly chop fest, it didn't look silly because it wasn't like, ah, come on, come on, you know, you hit me, now I'm going to hit you, you hit me, now I'm going to hit you. Um, stupidity. 
they when they went out of the ring, it meant something, and they got back in. The only thing that's, that was a bit strange was, and I wish they'd left this out, but you could see why before the end of the show, was we got a ref bump, then MJF came out, but he was interrupted by Takesha, and they've, um, or as Jim Cornette amusingly calls him, take a shitter. And uh, they've, they're, they've set that match up for this coming, well, tonight as we record. Um, and that should be a good one. It'd be nice to see MJF in the ring. He, he, he certainly doesn't need to be on every week, but it'd be nice to see him. But yeah, they've got to be careful. However, when it produces a pro wrestling match like we saw last Wednesday with Thatcher and Danielson, I, I, I'm a fan because I really, really enjoyed that match. I did as well, David. I thought it was a highly entertaining match, and it was totally different from what the typical AEW match normally is. It's more of that classic match style, British style wrestling that you and me kind of enjoy more of. Now, the funny story is Chris Jericho is using the same setup with his feud with Ricky Starks. As we found out on Rampage, Ricky Stark has to go through basically what's left of the Jericho Society to have the match against Chris Jericho. As I say, they, they've got to be careful with the gimmicks. Um, and this this comes through because they've got a lack of top talent as well. So we should wait and see. Um, I've not given up, but Ricky starts if he's not careful, he's going to almost suffer the curse of Jericho of being of Jericho suddenly sticking himself with the top young talent, um, he's got to be very careful because Starks is going to flounder if he's not here. And not through a lack of ability either. Exactly. I feel like Starks is in a danger position where the fans are still behind him, but you can tell it's not as hot as it was like a month ago. And yeah. especially since they've been trying to put Asha and Grady at the same time, and they literally keep these guys together at the hip, I kind of wish they would separate them and let Ricky Starks be the first one they want to push. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree, agree with all of that. I tell you what, just going back to the Danielson-Thatcher match, I want to make a point here of how good that was. You think of the match that they opened with, with Page versus Moxley, and it just shows how tired and worn Moxley's become. Because obviously it was going to be yet another knock them down, drag them out, one of you's got to knock the other unconscious match. And to be fair, Danielson-Thatcher was... 10 times as hard hitting as that, but they actually involved professional wrestling moves as well. And it just shows when it's done right, it's bloody good. Okay, David, we're moving over to our fourth stunning question of the week. Now, it was reported like late last week from Figure Four Weekly that NC was going to allow some talent to do approve any dates and they were using the example of um ivy niles doing a show this weekend for booker t's promotion out of houston sean ross later on reported that that was false that this was basically just a one-off my question to you david is should nst allow their young talent to go out to approve any site booker t's or oh i don't know maybe since they're in florida coastal championship wrestling yeah yes they should somewhere yeah You've named two really, really good promotions. I would also get on the Kurt Bauer train and let them let them loose in MLW. Um, I mean, AEW are not stupid. They had the Jericho Appreciation Society turn up at PWG's Battle of Los Angeles. Obviously, Jericho's name-checked that a couple of times, which was a, a, a good surprise for one of the bigger indie events, more well-known indie events. So, yeah, I've got no absolutely no problem with it. 
the talent can only benefit from it. Exactly, especially NXT talent, because they have that one two-hour show every week. I know they've been doing some house shows in Florida, but the more in-ring time you can get these, get these people, and you can control where they go, and, you know, Booker T's promotion, that would be a no-brainer. And with Nelio's promotion, basically be the whole state of Florida and being one of the best-run promotions in that state, I feel like there'll be two safe options for talent to go to. Yeah. Yeah, Nelios is producing wonders. Coastal Championship Wrestling is getting... I mean, it's just... You you almost want it to be another time um, because he's almost at that... I, I don't know, he might tell us different. We ought to get him on again. Is he at his ECW moment where he can't really get any bigger without going national? Does that make sense? But he's pulling in great crowds. He has great, great talent. I still absolutely adore Cha Cha Charlie. I think he's one of the great. He's one of the best indie wrestlers I think I've seen that that has not, you know, not that should go on to something different. But he, he, he's produced so much talent. In in David Heath, he's got one of the best trainers going outside of the majors. So if you don't know who David Heath is, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Well, you should, but you know what you need to go and learn. It's Gangrel. You know, he's just done wonders there. But yeah, I would also intertwine these with MLW. They get decent audiences and have got decent TV or internet deals as well. The only issue with MLW is at the current moment, Court Bauer is actually in a lawsuit with the WWE. So I really feel like that partnership would not work whatsoever. But we'll leave it there, David. I'm moving on to our fifth stunning question of the week. And I'm going to debate with you, David. I feel like NXT Vincent's Day was a hundred times better than the WWE Royal Rumble. Prove me wrong. No, I can't. I wouldn't say a hundred times better. It was better, but one thing I'll ask of you, Sean, let me ask you a question here. Do you think the NXT bigger shows, you can't call them pay-per-views now, I don't think, but the, the, the big shows, the go-home shows, the blow-offs, if you like, if you will, are, are becoming very samey at the moment? Well, you know, this is the first time they've been out of the Performance Center since they were over in Portland, Oregon, like, almost three years ago. And I feel like them getting out of the Performance Studio for this NXT Vintage Day was freaking amazing because I thought the crowd was freaking hot from the beginning to it kind of waned there for the women's tag team championship match but it picked back up there for the like the two out of three falls match between Carmelo Hayes and Apollo Crews and the main event I feel like the crowd was still there you know what it was lacking it didn't have no freaking country music concert that drugged the crowd down to die <laughs> you are bitter about that, aren't you? You really, really are. You'd never guess, ladies and gentlemen, that Sean comes from Knoxville and is a traditional country artist fan. Um, but it was awful. No, you're right, mate. I'm only. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was an okay show. There was some good stuff in it, but and it was certainly better than the Rumble in my eyes because I didn't like the Rumble. It was, the Rumble for me needs to be unpredictable, and it wasn't. And they lost me from the moment the men's match. The men's rumble was on first. I understand why it wasn't last, but it shouldn't have been first in my eyes. But that's another story. Um, yeah, no, I mean, NXT, I, 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 I have a continuous fight with NXT. Um, I know what it's there for. 
but sometimes it doesn't seem to be used um, as it should be. And the talent that's there, when there's good talent, does not necessarily is be, it's not necessarily the talent that should be pushed, shall we say. I would agree with you with that, David. Now, NXT Richard Day was not perfect. The best match on the card was actually the first one, the North American Championship, Wesley versus Dijak. That was a freaking great match. Dijak dislocated his finger during this match and continued to the end. Then we got the women's tag team title match that could probably have been on this past week's episode of NXT. It had been okay. We could have lived without it being on the actual takeover show. Then the match that I was really looking forward to and I was hyping up was that two out of three fall match between Carmelo Hayes and Apollo Crews. First fall was really, really awesome. Second fall kind of got interesting because it pulled out all the bells and whistles and we saw the return of the former commander Aziz and he turns on Apollo Crews. I'm going like, what the hell do we need this for? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a, a surprise that I wanted, needed, or uh, Apollo Crews is hard enough work at the best of times. So, yeah, it, it didn't float my boat, but it's still overall, to answer your question, was better than the Rumble. I mean, we also saw Gallus win the NFC titles in that four-way match where the crowd was kind of lukewarm to Chase U, even though that the fact that the leader of Chase U was from Charlotte. I really feel like they wanted the New Day to keep the titles there, that crowd did. And, of course, me being your co-host, I was pulling for Pretty Deadly. Well, yeah, of course you are. Then we got the main event match where we saw Braun Breaker versus Grayson Water inside a steel cage, and we got a tease of a possible slight hill edge to one Braun Breaker. Well, he nearly killed Waller, didn't he? <laughs> Legit. Nearly killed him. Okay, if you're talking about that superplex spot from the top of the cage, I was like, I was feeling that. I needed an Advil after that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For those who don't know what, what Sean's talking about, Advil is um, over here in the UK, so our equivalent of Brufin. Um, but, um, yeah, no, that was, that was horrible. And if anyone then watching that, it made you think maybe Bron isn't quite ready for the main roster yet. And it was kind of interesting, the finish, because they gave him kind of a, like they repeated the Will Ospreay, Kitty Omega finish, where Waller is playing the role of Will Ospreay here, and he basically slaps the face of Breaker, and Breaker goes for another spear instead of the pin, then pins him for the one, two, three. Yeah, as I say, I've got no issue with this. The only issue I've got is it was obviously it was winning. You know, I'm not... NXT is NXT for me at the moment. It's certainly um, it's certainly not must watch. But I watched Vengeance. I watched this on your recommendation, and you didn't let me down. It was certainly better than the Rumble, as you said when you messaged me. But again, it was just a poor weekend for pay per view wrestling. Okay, David, we're going to leave our stunning six questions there as we bring you a brand new segment. I call it on tap as we preview what you should be watching this week in professional wrestling. What's on tap? The guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week. And David, we're going to start tonight for AEW Dynamite because hell, this is one heck of a loaded show. We are going to yeah. Get... So it so it seems. Hopefully, they don't squeeze too much in and it gets cut short. Okay, David. The, the matches that I'm looking forward to out of this show: Daniel Bryan versus Roosh. That should be one hell of a match if they give him some time and they let Roosh be Roosh. Yep, agreed. Okay, we also have the, the AEW World Tag Team title match with the Acclaim versus the Gun Brothers. That needs to be short, sweet, and simple, and if the Acclaim loses, everybody should riot. Well, I've got a gut feeling Billy Gunn's turning heel, and um, 
Zig Zig Gun Brothers, I might take the title. I've just got a gut feeling that it's leading towards a heel turn. David, I get the same feeling and that when they announced the match last week and how Billy was the one that actually announced, yeah, we'll take the match. I was thinking the same way. Now we have two non-title matches. If the person who doesn't have the title wins, they get a championship match sometime in the future. As we have Jamie Hayer versus the Bunny. Another match where I feel like Jamie Hayer just needs to go out there and clean Bunny's clock. And we get Katesha versus MJF. And I want to see MJF. How do you get him to lose without looking weak? Because I feel like Katesha should get the pin here. Um, no, uh, MJF, both the champions win. Obviously, Takeshita, they'll give um, they'll give some offense and some um, let him let him do some face work. But there's no way that either champion should lose. They both got to come out strong, looking heading towards their respective feuds with um, Britt Baker or. Brian Danielson, depending on, you know, which one it is. Okay, David, we also have Ricky Starks facing the first in the series of gauntlets as he faces a member from the Jericho Appreciation Society as he tries to get his hand on Chris Jericho. So you know Ricky Starks should win this match tonight. Yeah, I, I don't know where they're going with this, but I hope it isn't too damaging. Um, and I hope they keep it short and sweet and just make Starks Jericho for Revolution. And it stays as a one-on-one. Unfortunately, it's not likely to, but uh, we can live in hope. Okay, the other match on this card tonight is going to be the Elite versus AR Fox and Top Flight for the trios titles. And as much as I want to try to convince you guys that this possibly could be a good match, it'll be an entertaining match, but there's no way the Elite's going to lose this title. No, 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 I agree. Um, But what they should do is just take the ring out, bring in half a dozen trampettes, and let them just bounce around and, um, you know, pretend to beat each other up. You know, it's top flight, the books. It's going to be... There's going to be some aerial stuff, I would say, Sean. (laughs) Exactly. This is going to be a acrobatic kind of battle of a match it's gonna be highly entertaining i enjoy this version of professional wrestling just a little bit i feel like i enjoy it a little bit more than you do david and i just want to see top flight get some offense and look good leaving this because i feel like top fight is one of those young babyface tag teams that you should be pushing right now do you know what sean you're right you do enjoy it a bit more than me because i've got sick of it i've looked back on this i've actually taken some time out and looked back on my my relationship with with if you like the young books, I remember seeing them. Remember Generation Me in Impact, and you think they're obviously two talented young men that are being kept down, and they were. Obviously, we now know it's because of their attitude backstage that they were they were they were sat upon. Then they went to Ring of Honor, and 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 they were must. I'll, I'll be honest. You know, I love my Ring of Honor, and they're not Ring of Honor style, but they were must see. You know, and the, as the career progressed through New Japan, the Bullet Club, coming back in to start in AEW, it's just like it is. You know what the chant is from the audience, same old. And it is, you know, there's nothing new. <laughs> Reinvent yourself. We might not like Jericho, but he reinvents himself. That's what I want to see from the books. Exactly. And I do believe Progress Wrestling is having a show this weekend as well, as we will get to see G Money and Tom Dawkins versus the Progress World Champion, the Lord and Savior of Progress, Spike Trebay, and his backup. It should be a good match, and it's leading to the end of the month at Chapter 150, where Tom Dawkins versus Spike Trebay for all the marvels, David. Whilst Progress uh, do have some 
some history of pulling shots and surprises. The way this storyline is going, it's going nicely. The only thing is, the only disappointment for me in this is the involvement of Gene, Mo- Mo- uh, Gene Money, because I'm not a fan, really, really not a fan of his. But obviously, we're looking towards Chapter 150. We're building with however it goes Saturday night or Sunday night, sorry. Um, and then you're looking to Spike, obviously losing to bring back Cara at 150. And this is my call. This is not, you know, don't take me at, at this, but this is what I'm seeing before we eventually have that world title, the final world title showdown with Cara Noir, back as Cara Noir versus Spike Trevay for the title. Exactly. Now, I want to do a link in the show notes for a video that shows the end of The Last Chapter of Progress, where Tom Dalton's basically lays out the challenge. David, it was about as good as the Cody Rhodes and Paul Hamer promo. Yeah, it was nice because obviously, while Cara was Cara, he never spoke. And when, when they when they brought in the you know his, his real name, Tom Dawkins, and started this feud with Spike, some of his promos weren't the strongest because he didn't do promos. It was as simple as that. But the one you're referring to, yeah, I've seen that. And it is very good. And it is finally, um, it's like, yes, that's what we wanted to see. You know, where this this character's going. And, and it's building nicely. And it is building and it will maintain. While Trevay's involved, it's always going to be gold. Exactly, David. Now, one final thing for this weekend is on YouTube. Check out the German Wrestling Federation. They're doing global warming. And friend of the show, Mia Smith, is tagging up Carl Cheshire as she faces off against one of her better rivals, Jesse J and Tarkin Azen. Okay, so me hyping up this German Wrestling Federation, really through talking with me and Smith kind of got me watching this uh, federation. And yes, I don't speak a lick of German, but the in-read action is very, very good. And you can also donate to their um, YouTube channel, and they have English commentary. And it's just some of the best European talent you can find in Germany and around Central Europe. And I kind of enjoy it. It's kind of like a, almost as good as progress, maybe just a step down from progress. But me and Smith is there, so you know I'll be watching. I, I, I'm never going to knock German right. German professional wrestling, it's always been good. You look at WXW, that's always a good company to um, to pick up on. But yes, on behalf of the programme, Young Schmidt, go out, take names and batter them. Good luck for the weekend, mate. Okay, David, this is going to bring the show to an end. We had just finished the 150th episode. David, any final thoughts? No, no, no. Just if you've ever listened to one of our podcasts, be it retro, be it the sports, be it whatever, um, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, for allowing uh, allowing Sean, myself and Jake and any of our guests um, into your home. Eternally grateful. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully long may it continue. Tell your friends. Tell your friends and keep spreading the good news. Yes. I want to bounce off of that thank you from David. And I want to thank anybody who ever took a chance to listen to us. And for everybody who has listened to us since day one, much appreciated. You can always go over to our website, Radio Free PW. That's the one-stop shop for everything Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And David, until we see you guys next week, have a stunning week. On behalf of Jake, brother. Get well soon, Jake. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.